So, Matt, yesterday Ashley told me that I really needed to buy her flowers. <laughs> really? Yeah, but I'll be honest. I didn't even know she was selling flowers. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody, here we are again, and real quick, Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Uh, man, I am I am happy and healthy. <laughs> good, good. The healthy is important. Healthy is That's important. That's right. <laughs> it's it's still, still a crazy world. Um, That's right. That's right. So we want to thank tonight's sponsors, Best Fiends and Shudder, um, and we also want to thank the Podbelly Network. Go to podbelly.com to check out shows like us and some shows that aren't really like us that you might not stumble across if you didn't know where to look so go check out podbelly.com and find those shows and and while we're on that topic you know all of the shows that you would find on podbelly are indie podcasts just like matt and i so Right, right you know now is the best time to go rate and review your favorite indie podcast because like we said last time you know we're getting kind of boxed out by some of these bigger not network shows but these bigger tv stars and movie stars who have started podcasts so if you like an indie podcast go rate and review them and help bring them up and and show that they put their time and effort and heart and soul into these shows Exactly. And, you know, these folks are independent podcasters and a lot of them are our friends. And we really appreciated the the reviews and the help that we got early on because it boosted our show. Absolutely. And it it got us to where we are now and it helps us continue to grow. So if you found that podcast and you look and you think, well, they've got four or five episodes, but I really dig this show. There's a good chance they're they're starting out and they're really trying to find some footing and gain some ground. Help them out. You you'd be surprised at just taking a few minutes, going on iTunes and leaving that rating and review can can really boost them up and allow other people to find that show. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, as an independent podcaster, having done this for almost three years, I can I can really say. Even one person leaving a, re- a review makes a huge difference. And, Absolutely. You know, we we want to take the time and thank everybody that does that for us. You know, and and you know we really appreciate it because um, you know it not only makes us feel good, it helps the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. And both of those are important. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, Adam, you know that ghosts and the paranormal and the unexplained is my passion, just like yours. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, even I need the occasional break. So when I feel like I need a mental palate cleanser, I go to play Best Fiends. Now, Best Fiends is a casual puzzle game that anybody can play. And if you've listened to our ads before, Adam and Amanda and Ashley are way better than I am. <laughs> but but I still have a lot of fun. And it's really enjoyable. You know, the puzzles are difficult, but they're not impossible. So it keeps you engaged and it keeps you playing. And it's just, it's a lot of fun just to take a break for 5, 10, 30 minutes and play Best Fiends. That's right. And like Matt said, it's a unique and exciting puzzle game that's unlike any other puzzle games out there. And Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it's never the same old thing. You know, you can log on this month and it'll be one theme and the whole thing will look one way. And you log on next month and it's totally different. It's really cool how they're always updating that. And, you know, we don't get much of a chance right now to go out and do a whole lot of different things so this is a good way to pass some time if you're bored and you know right now everybody's using the internet at home so a lot of times that bandwidth is slow the good thing about best fiends is you don't need the internet to play this game you can play it completely offline so it's it's amazing that you don't need that like Matt said, we, me and Ashley and Amanda are way ahead of him, but that's okay. <laughs> we, we still like to let him play, and we can check on his progress just like you can check on everybody else's because you can connect to your friends through Facebook, and it shows you where they're at so you know how badly you're whooping Matt or how <laughs> how far you have to go to catch up to Amanda. Um, so engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters and trust me with over 100 million downloads this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play you download best fiends free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends again that's friends without the r best fiends so talking about the show matt tell us what are we talking about tonight, brother? Mm. What is that noise? <laughs> We're talking about the hum. Oh, Man, you oh should, yeah, that's right. You should see the wavelength I produced doing that <laughs> just now. <laughs> no, it, we're we're talking about the the hum as it's it's collectively known, but uh, around the world there have been areas cities, regions that for some unknown reason have been plagued with a strange low frequency hum that not everyone can hear, but it has affected the lives of a lot of people, even to the point of moving, you know, to get away from it. Um, and, And some of these things have been explained but not great you know some some have better explanations than others but none of them truly have had a definitive answer yet and so we're going to dig into some of these we're going to talk about what could be causing uh these strange hums you know around the world 
and, and talk a little bit about why it's uh, it's so disruptive. I guess mm-hmm. that's the best that's the best way to put it. it it's disruptive. yeah, it, it it really is disruptive. Um, and like Matt said, not everybody hears this. Um, up to about four percent of people that live in these areas are said to hear a strange low-pitched noise which has colloquially become known as the hum and the problem is the the reason we're talking about it tonight is no source has actually ever been pinpointed and they say the hum is experienced as a consistent low-pitched noise much like the sound of a large truck idling in a nearby parking lot and they say hearers tend to report experiencing it in urban areas leading some to conclude that it is in fact a form of noise pollution screened from most people by the general city soundscape but we'll talk about why that may not actually be the case but if you can imagine constantly I mean, whether you're at home or or wherever you are in the city, hearing this low pitch noise just like in the background, it would drive you nuts. Yeah, I mean it. It happens. It happens here at at my house from time to time, where Amanda will look at me and go, "What is that?" And I'm like, "What? Mm-hmm. Do you hear that? Hear, what's that noise? I don't hear it. No, you." It's this weird little buzzing, humming noise. What is it? I don't hear it. I don't hear it. So I'll get up and look for this sound that I can't hear. Right. Um, right. But but she can hear it. And w- we actually did a little test with one another earlier today, and she can hear maybe 1,000 or 2,000 hertz higher than I can hear. That course, explains it. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, I'm a guy. So mm-hmm. I hear I hear a lot less of what she says most of the time. Yeah, right. But but no, it, it you know it's 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 one it, it affects her and I'm you know we're we're not experiencing necessarily the hum, but you know you you hear it in the background. You you it's just kind of there and and it it makes you want to get up and go what 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 is causing this? You know why right. why is this making a sound? Well, just imagine for some of these people that we're going to talk about tonight, they have been dealing with this constantly, mm-hmm. you know, constantly looking, what, what, did I leave something on? It, it, what's going on? And, 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 you know, we're going to, we're going to get into this because it's, it, some of it is pretty weird. It is. And we'll touch on this next part a little bit more in depth a little bit later on, but we got to bring it up now. Um, it. This low hum is said to cause symptoms that range from insomnia to headaches to dizziness, but because its actual source is unknown, it's impossible to discern its effects accurately. So without knowing exactly what's causing it, they can't test it to figure out what these frequencies, this hum would cause. And like Matt said in the in the beginning, this is it's something that happens all over the world in different cities. And it's not everywhere. It's like, you know, Dallas and Nashville aren't known to have the hum. So <laughs> we, you know, we we wouldn't know what this is. And and there's some places that here in the United States and around the world that do. And it, it's places like Taos, New Mexico, Bristol, England. Largs and Roslyn, Scotland, Kokomo, Indiana, 
Windsor, Ontario, and Bondi in Sydney, Australia. And some of these places, it's constant. Some of these places, it was there, it went away, and then it came back. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird. So we'll get into talking about this stuff, but I kind of want to go to Taos or Windsor or something and just see if maybe I can hear it too. Because I've never been to those places and I would like to see if I could hear it. But a lot of people say that the hum is most likely just background machinery noise. But these cities, a lot of these cities that they're talking about are outside of manufacturing districts. So they're not near population hubs. So it kind of goes against that thought that it would be machinery noise from a factory nearby. Yeah, I mean, if you live in in Pittsburgh, you know, there there's a good chance you're you're not too far from, you know, right. a mill of some type. You know, if if you live in New York City, if if you've lived there the majority or all of your life, you probably don't even realize what silence really sounds like. <laughs> right. Um You'd probably so, go crazy if you were in real silence. I'm telling you, I mean, you know, e- even growing up in Nashville, I I have been out camping so far that it's been quiet enough that I was just like, holy cow, yeah. it's quiet out you here. You think you can hear you your know? brain thinking. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. But the first place we're going to talk about is, is Bristol. Now, this was the earliest widespread report of something that even resembled the hum. Uh and it originated in in England, they say early or as early as the 1940s and 50s, and it was when when pockets of citizens across Britain started reporting this mysterious humming, droning, and buzzing sound. Now, the quote unquote Bristol hum was the first one to be linked to a specific city. Um, in the late 1970s, a series of articles about the hum appeared in a UK newspaper uh, called the Sunday Mirror, and that triggered a flood of mail from readers across Britain who had been suffering from the same sound. They just didn't realize that other people were were dealing with it too. Now, in 1977, um, a volume of the scientific journal Applied Acoustics Uh, an article came out by two researchers which explored a particular environmental noise phenomenon which appears to be the cause of real and severe disturbances to certain people. Their best guess? Low-frequency sound waves from distant industrial sources. So, you know, like we said, you know, you may not have to live next door to a factory, you know, to hear the noise from it, but I would think you got to live fairly close. You know, I, yeah, I, you know, I think there's a certain distance where it wouldn't affect you anymore. Right. I mean, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, you know, this is something that's, uh, you know, a hundred miles away. I'm like, I'm not going to hear anything. that's a hundred right. miles away. Right. You know, I'm not going to hear anything that's a mile away. Most likely, you know, it's going to have to be pretty loud for, for me to be able to hear it. Um, but that was their explanation, and it wasn't a great one. Now, in the late 1980s, the town of Largs, Scotland, began to experience the same thing, this low-pitched drone that was inaudible 
to most people, but it was debilitating to some. And investigations into the source were, again, really inconclusive. Now, oddly enough, the Bristol and the Largs hums were louder at night and indoors. And, and one resident in Bristol even built a steel box, which was virtually soundproof. And he claimed the sound was even louder when he got inside. So it, it almost appears that, that due to the vibration that buildings can act as a, as a loudspeaker that amplifies the sound. You know, the, hmm. you're, you're standing, you're, you're basically standing inside a big speaker box, you know, the, like the building your phone in a cup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. So the vibrations amplify, you know, the sound. And so th- these people couldn't even go inside and get any relief. It almost made it worse. And of right. course at, at night, you know, w- we talked about that with the whole camping thing, you know, traffic noise kind of goes down neighborhood noise goes down so Mm -hmm. you can hear other things that persist a little bit better which would explain why it would be louder at night but sure but still you know the hum in the uk actually has come and gone and then come again without any real answer to this mystery now in 2015 french scientists claimed they had solved the mystery The hum was, they said, the effect of continuous waves causing the ocean floor to vibrate. And they said, quote, we have made a big step in explaining the mysterious signal and where it is coming from and what is the mechanism. And that was uh, that was from Fabrice Arduin. Uh, How'd you like that? (laughs) That That's a well done there (laughs) of the Center National. Okay, I'm not even going to try this. I got I got Arduin right, but okay, the rest of it anyway. The got a little na- cocky there. National <laughs> National Scientific Center in France. There you <laughs> We're go. We're going to go with that. But again, his answer doesn't immediately explain why the sound was only for a number of years, or why it returned. Right. So if it's you know, seismic activity or, or something like that, or if it's ocean waves or whatever, those things don't stop. Right. You I was going to say, if it was waves, it would be going constantly all the yeah. time. And there would be and, no break in it. And they're not cyclic. So, I mean, it's not something like, oh, well, we're going to get a break for a few years and then it's going to be back. Right. You know, no. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty constant thing. So if it was causing it back in the 1970s, it would have caused it the entire time until sure. now, but it sure. hasn't. Now, Chris Borak, that's a much easier name to say. Thanks, Chris, for having an easy <laughs> name. He is the senior acoustic consultant at Ion Acoustics in Bristol. Now, he said the most likely answer is pretty boring. He said it's probably traffic noise. Uh. He said when it's night and there's no background noise, you can hear sounds more easily. Or it could be some sort of industrial installation nearby or air conditioning units or even a wind turbine some distance away. Okay. So. So he just threw spaghetti at a wall. Essentially. And, that's, and, I mean, I, look, Occam's razor here. I mean, I, I, I attest to that most of the time. Yep. The simplest explanation is usually the correct one. 
But here, I just think this is way too simple to the point of it sounds like somebody's getting blown off. Yeah. Um, traffic noise. Now, listen, my grandmother to this day lives with an interstate that goes past her backyard. Now, I mean, you can stand in her backyard and you can see cars on, on mm-hmm. the interstate. Okay. And you can hear it. You can hear it. Now, I mean, it's not like right up against, I mean, it's probably a good, you know, 250, 300 yards away, but you can hear it. I mean, sure. it's loud. And, and I have, I, as a child, I, I knew what traffic noise sounded like, you know, it, 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 eight, nine o'clock in the morning on, on a Saturday, you can hear it. You get used to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. At night, you hear it but it's not as bad because there's not as much traffic. Right. So for just general traffic noise, I think people get used to that. Well, and traffic noise would be something that even if you got used to it, 100% of the population could hear. It's not like, oh, only 4% of the population would hear it all the time and the rest of the people wouldn't. It, that That's an audible noise within the, the frequency that humans can hear. Right. So you would always hear it if it was there. Right. And you remember my my house where Graveyard Tales first started recording. There was a train mm-hmm. that ran like two houses over, ran right by, and we'd, we'd have to stop sometimes because there'd be a train chugging down the railroad track as we were recording. But that's something I got used to hearing at night. So yeah. when I'd sleep, it wouldn't wake me up when they came by. But if you... I mean, everybody heard it. It wasn't like I heard the train only and you weren't in the 4% that heard the train and you were going, what, what? I don't hear anything. Yeah. You know, it's in a frequency that humans can hear. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't live super close to railroad tracks. We're probably about maybe just under uh, half a mile from, from the tracks themselves. Right. You can hear them during the day. I mean, there's trains all the time. Um, during the day, you don't notice them. Mm-hmm. And at night, you do. But it's not so loud that you're going, ooh, that's annoying. Yeah. But, I mean, I sleep through them most of the time. I mean, usually around, if you walk outside around 11 o'clock, you'll hear the train. But again, like Adam said, it, it's something that you get used to hearing. So, and it's not constant either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we, we kind of know this time of day, you know, this time of night, there's going to be a train. We'll hear it. Really, the only time we really notice it is if they have to blow the horn. Sure. And th- then then we'll hear the whistle. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, the, this idea, some, some, you know, air conditioning units. Look, my I got a loud air conditioning unit, man. I'm telling you, it's loud. When it shuts off, mm-hmm. it feels, it, and it's right outside our bedroom window. You know, again, we know what it is. We can hear it, and it's not constant. Right. So, I, I don't know, man. Somebody's air conditioner had to be, you know, there'd have to be 5,000 of them running within, you know, so many feet of you for it to produce that, that kind of sound. Uh, and if you're curious, we've kind of gotten this far without saying this. Um, y- you can go and listen to all of these. There are an abundance of recordings 
you can listen to them on YouTube. I mean, multiples. I mean, you you can listen to one of these for 12 hours. There's a 12-hour video that's just nothing but the wavelength and this hum for 12 straight hours. Talk about driving you nuts. I lasted 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I've I've never lived anywhere that had wind turbines. I don't know if you have. You, no. you probably you probably been closer than I have, but I've I've never been anywhere, so I w- I wouldn't know if that. Every time I ever see one on TV, it's stuck way out in the dadgum desert. So right, like who lives right there? You yeah, know, they, or, I mean, occasionally they're in like a farmer's field or yeah, like a cattle yeah. field, but. You know, you you never nobody ever reports them causing an audible problem. If they did, yeah. we'd have news stories about oh, the wind turbines for this family is is causing them problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but like I said, Bristol, Larg, not the only places that have experienced this. Right, and Taos, New Mexico, is another one that has experienced it, and uh, you know. The Taos hum is something that you may have heard of just kind of in passing. And, you know, it's, so it, it, it's very popular. The, that name is very popular. But believe it or not, they didn't have a whole lot. <laughs> Matt and I were looking at this and Taos, not many different explanations on it. You know, it, it was just here's the little bit of information about it repeated over and over and over again in all these different sources. So people from New Mexico must be fairly tolerant people. I think Um, so. Yeah. They're just kind of like, yeah, we've got this home. You want to hear it? I got a recording of it. Yeah. Yeah. It drives us nuts, (laughs) but what you going to do about it? You know, I mean, we're reading stories from other towns. People are losing their ever loving minds. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Oh my God, it never stops. People at the house. Yeah. We, yeah. We, have you heard the hum? You know, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> are you one of those that can hear it? My aunt can hear it, and and we had to put her, you know, put her out back and tie her down so she didn't go too crazy. But you know, we got a hum. I'm, so you know, I'm sure there are. They're just it's not as prevalent as it is in other towns with the people just complaining about it. So. Right. So let, let's talk about the little bit of information that we have on the Taos hum. And they say Taos is a small town in north central New Mexico. If you don't know. And to a passerby, it might not seem all that different from any other quiet American town. But they say if you listen carefully, you may find that Taos isn't so quiet after all. Now, they say since the early 1990s, some residents and visitors of Taos have reported hearing a constant low frequency buzzing or rumbling noise. The Taos hum has been described as a faint droning sound similar to a diesel engine idling in the distance. It is a, quote, miserable noise for those that can hear it. They say it never stops. It interferes with your sleep, and it's more noticeable at night and indoors. So just like Matt was saying with the other one, at night and indoors, it gets louder. So that's not really uh, traffic noise. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Uh, traffic noise gets quieter when you go inside. Right. It should get quieter when you go inside, and it should get quieter at night. Because there's less people out driving. Well, the hum became so bothersome to Taos residents. So in 1993, locals voiced their concern about it to Congress. Now, a public study was conducted to examine what could be going on. 
Residents were interviewed and various sound detection instruments were placed around the town. The study found that only about 2% of Taos residents reported actually hearing it. Many affected residents could replicate the sound they heard, but no such signals were ever detected. Now, the only unusual activity observed was elevated electromagnetic field levels, but this was determined to be the result of local power lines, and no source of the hum was ever identified. Hey, have you ever lived under power lines or close? We lived close, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are times when you can really hear those suckers buzzing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can remember as a kid um, playing at a friend's house, and they had a big piece of property that had those high-tension power lines going through the back. I mean, one of those huge towers, you know, the, you know, not mm-hmm. one, not one. It looked like, you know, just went straight up. I mean, I'm talking about the one that from a distance you go, wow, that's big. And then you get up close to it and you go, holy cow, this thing's huge. Right. Um, and you got close enough to it. I mean, you probably got within, oh, 300, 400 feet. And you could hear it. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's yep. really going. Um, but as you went away, you couldn't hear it. Sure. So, yep. so you had to unless, be within a radius from it. Yeah. So unless 2% of the population of Taos is living under power lines, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, and I mean, they're not really saying that this was, this was exactly what the hum was. They're just saying that's the only that's anomaly. the only anomaly that they could find. Right. Um, but, but again, the, these are, they're audible enough that people have been able to record them. Now, understand, they're, they are amplified. But if it can be recorded, then, you know, it, it's being heard. It, sure. To, to me, I mean, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist, but I'm thinking, you know, if, it, if I can put down a recorder and even I can turn up the volume and I can tell the difference between white noise of, of the recorder just going with nothing and then I can hear something different if I turn up the volume, then it's picking up something. Sure. You know, and, it, and it, if it can do that, then I, you know, I may be able to hear it, you know, without right. the recorder. And talking about the electromagnetic field, um, I don't know if you can do this, but I've noticed I have this, I'll call it an ability just so I, I seem cooler. Because um, he's a superhuman. Exactly. We'll do that we episode have, one we day. We have yet to do that episode. <laughs> um. If I walk into a room without looking around, I can tell by it's almost like an internal sound that I can hear if a TV is on, like if it's muted or if it's on, you know, what we'd say channel three um, and everything. So there's a signal going to the TV, but there's no volume coming out. Mm -hmm. I can hear when the TV is on because there's a type Mm -hmm. noise that i hear from the tv and so i can kind of see that if people are like me and can hear that electricity going to a device perhaps the higher electromagnetic field coming from one of these power lines would do it but like you said you'd have to be near the power line because, like, if I'm in the other room, I'm not going to know that that TV's on. I have to walk into that room to hear it. 
Yeah. So there, there's a distance from it that I have to be to be able to catch it. Yeah. And I know Ashley has said she doesn't notice that. Like, she doesn't hear it. But so I wonder if that is a, like, does that correlate to the hum at all? I would, I would think, and, and I've got something similar that I thought of when you brought that up. I don't necessarily hear that a TV's on, but if I say I get like, you know, TVs now, you know, you, you've got a streamer, you know, you've got whatever device you use to watch Netflix or, or whatever. And it typically will have a screensaver that will eventually shut off. And, and so if you stop watching something and you start doing something else, you, you may forget that your television is on at mm-hmm. all. And so I may wander into the kitchen in the night and take a look over into the living room and see the little green LED light that tells me the television's on. And so I'll go in there and pick up the remote and turn it off. Now, I don't hear that it's on, but I notice a difference when I turn it off. Right, right. So it's like I've been hearing it, but it's so low of a frequency, it doesn't register until I notice that it's not there. Right, right. So that I mean, it's it's an it's an interesting thing that there are there are frequencies that you can perceive almost subconsciously, mm-hmm. and not and even that's kind of the way that's kind of the way it is for me. I don't, I wouldn't classify it as an audible noise. But it's like I can feel the sound in my head. Yeah. And so that's how I know it. So I know other people aren't hearing that buzz, but that's what it seems like to me. And that that's what, when we were doing this research, that's what I kept thinking about was, is it similar to that? And that's why I'd like to go to Taos or Windsor and see if maybe I'm one of the ones that can hear the hum since I can hear that the electricity running through the TV. And I just said, you know, Windsor. So tell us about the Windsor thing, Matt. Now, now Windsor is a little bit different from these other places. So since 2011. It's Canada, of course it is. It's Canada, so it's different, <laughs> you know. Um, but, but since 2011, some residents of Windsor, Ontario, which is directly across the, the river border, from Detroit, Michigan, report intermittent bursts of noise, which has been established as the Windsor hum. Now, it's described as a low-frequency throbbing sound, like a fleet of idling diesel engines, a distant rumble of thunder, or a roaring furnace. Now, these these people that study or or you know or or investigate these are called hummers, and the hummers <laughs> report feeling. What an unfortunate name. That is. They should have chosen better something name. better. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to you got to think ahead, people. If, yeah, if you're giving your and I don't know, they may have they, they may have just been dubbed this, but if you're giving yourself a name, you you got to be careful. But think in, of the repercussions <laughs> that will will come later. That's right. So the hummers report feeling vibrations and, and even to the point of having items in their home rattle now, which is weird. Yeah, we haven't really touched on that on, on the the physical aspects of of these these sounds and vibrations. But I mean, some of these folks have said that it's it's been enough to you know uh, break glass. So wow, 
you know, this, but like I said, this one's a little different. Now, Windsor residents are not imagining this. There is a real hump, a months-long investigation by Nash, by the Natural Resources Canada in the summer of 2011 identified a prominent airborne frequency of approximately 35 hertz. So now we there, there's evidence. Yes, you are not making this up. This is not in your head. You right. can... The, some people can hear this sound. So unlike Taos, they actually pinpointed a a sound. Exactly, with a with a measurable frequency. Now, there have been a ton of recordings and reports since 2011, and its existence was confirmed in 2014 when an investigation was carried out by the University of Western Ontario, the universe and the University of Windsor, which was supported by the Canadian Department of Foreign Affairs and International Trade, okay? Now, both government investigations couldn't definitively pinpoint the source, but based on triangulated measurements and observations, they concluded that the likely source is something on Zug Island. So let's, let's talk about Zug Island. Yeah. Now, Zug Island. Let's do because that's an interesting name. It's an interesting name. It's actually made for. It's actually named from the original uh, landowner. I believe his first name was Sam Solomon. I think Solomon Zug, Samuel Zug. I can't remember. I didn't keep it in my notes because I didn't think it was that important. But since you asked, um, Zug Island is an industrial island that sits at the southern city limits of Detroit and slightly southwest of Windsor across the Detroit River. Now, for thousands of years, the area was a marshland and a Native American burial ground. But a shipping canal formed it into an island in the late 1800s, and the patch of land was sold to be an industrial dumping ground. Now, it later became an area of concentrated manufacturing and steel production with two high-capacity blast furnaces. If you've ever heard a blast furnace, it's pretty loud. Okay. So yep. don't don't go hunt one out. Take my word for it. I've heard one, it's loud. Now, researchers speculate that those blast furnaces and irregular operations at the steel mill are the sources of the noise. The researchers observed that the hum coincided with the appearance of bright blue flames on the island's exhaust stacks which were easily seen from the oh, Canadian wow. shoreline at night. So, you know, hey, okay. Well, we we we've, we've got an answer. Starting to get some correlation here. Yeah. US Steel operates the furnaces and owns the island. And but residents and activists have complained that the company has been secretive and uncooperative in efforts to mute the hum secretive that's that's kind of weird why secretive i don't but that's what it says now u.s steel is not open to discussing what exactly they're working on the island is a restricted area under the regulation of homeland security now the uh department of foreign affairs and international trade was not granted access to the island during the government funded investigation 
and researchers had to take boats across the river to get close enough to the island to actually take any readings. That's pretty weird, huh? I mean, what what does an island that is home to a steel mill need to be regulated by Homeland Security? I mean, it's I don't know. weird. They're working. They're working on something. You know, maybe we got to protect it. Maybe we can't tell you what it is that it's producing this crazy hum that you hear. Who knows? Now, Mike Provost is a resident of the town Old Sandwich. Now, I hope I hope that there there is a there is a club in this town called Club Sandwich. Oh, I hope. I, I just if there's not, they've they've really missed the mark. I mean, there's got yeah. to be. Yeah. Well, and, and an, you don't want an old sandwich. I mean, I want a fresh want new old, sandwich. Old sandwich. Well, it's no. Nope. It's O L D E. So it's like ye old sandwich. You know. Yeah, old oldie sandwich. <laughs> I don't want an oldie sandwich. But you know, old sandwich is where the hum seems to be the loudest. And and Mike has recorded the hum for years, claiming to have terabytes of recorded data. Mike even has run a Facebook group dedicated to the sound and firmly believes that the steel plant is to blame. Now, this one really sounds like it's got a simple explanation. Yeah. But as of the end of last month, March of 2020, U.S. Steel has shut down operations at the plant. So we may see an answer, at, at least for Windsor. Let's hope. If the hum is stopped. I mean, I, I think this, this may be one of, the f- one of the first episodes we've ever done where we may actually get a solution to something we talk about. Wouldn't, it, 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 wouldn't it, that be great? That would be amazing. That's something that Matt and I are going to keep an eye on even after this episode. Guaranteed, we, we're we going to keep checking on this. We so. are, because I reached out to Mike Provost to see if things were better, but... As of the time that we're recording this, he has not responded, and it's been so recent, I was unable to find any confirmation that the hum has ceased. Now, there's plenty of articles um, saying the hum is going to stop because the the media has pretty much said this is the cause. Sure. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of people believe that it is, but, but this is going to be your answer. If we shut down the mill and the hum persists, then that wasn't it. All right, Matt. So let's take a second and talk about tonight's sponsor, Shutter. AMC Network Shutter is a premium streaming video service, super serving members with the best selection in genre entertainment, covering horror, thrillers, and the supernatural. Shutter's expanding library of film, TV series, and originals is available on most streaming devices in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Ireland, and Germany. So a lot of places. And Shudder has some incredible content. Now is a great time to join and see the Friday the 13th collection. That includes the first eight movies in the franchise, along with the epic documentary, Crystal Lake Memories, The Complete History of Friday the 13th. And, you know, I'm telling my age now, I saw the original Friday the 13th at the drive-in. Oh, wow. That gives you an idea. (laughs) Though... Those movies are fantastic, and you know just just for the ability to get those, 
it's worth checking out Shudder. But you also get three big exclusive series. The premiere of Cursed Films, Shudder's newest original series. An all-new season of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. That's a good one. It is a good one. And the long-awaited second season of the Australian horror series, Wolf Creek. Now, uh, Amanda and I have been Shutter subscribers for longer than they've been a sponsor. Right. And, right. and you know, we've talked about it before. We really enjoyed um, the series, A Discovery of Witches. Uh, fantastic, well-written, well-produced. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. And like I said, now is a great time to do it because you can stream great thrillers, horror, and supernatural for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. That's why it's called the Netflix for Horror. And you can stream all of these things on many of your favorite devices. iPhones, iPads, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Roku, and all Android devices. And they have some exclusive titles that are currently available. Creep Show, which is a Shutter original. Tigers Are Not Afraid, which is a Shutter exclusive. And One Cut of the Dead, which is also a Shutter exclusive. And right now, Graveyard Tales listeners can try Shutter free for 30 days. All you have to do is go to Shudder.com and use the promo code GRAVE. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and enter G-R-A-V-E. That's right. To try Shudder for free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use the promo code GRAVE. G-R-A-V-E. And if, if Mike gets in touch with Matt, we will definitely do an update to this and let y'all know what Mike said. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, strange enough here that it, it's actually angering residents. And in all of these locations, and, and some of the ones we didn't talk about, people will experience physical maladies related to it. Right. So. How in the world could a sound cause problems if you can't hear it? Well, let's talk about that. Human ears can usually pick up sounds that fall in the frequencies of 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. And and frequencies above that are called ultrasonic. We've all heard that term. Mm-hmm. And frequent frequencies below 20 hertz are referred to as infrasonic, but it's not something you hear every day. Now, infrasonic sound is both naturally occurring and man-made. So we're talking about earthquakes, ocean waves, upper atmospheric lightning, those kind of things. Now, some studies, some studies have shown that at high intensities, infrasonic sound can have what are called extra aural bioeffects, including nausea, headaches, and dizziness. But why? And the simple answer is the vibrations. Right. You know, 
Didn't we discuss that a little bit when we were dis- we we talked about something that had low frequency and we were talking about it messing with the brain waves. Yeah, we did and I cannot remember what we were talking about. Um I it was a hallucination remember. of some sort, but I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, it, it the topic. was, and I and I can't recall. But yeah, we did touch on this. But th- it's the same thing, you know. It's this this infrasonic sound, and and you know, n- not to make this a science lesson, but but sound travels in a wave. I think we we all understand that, and, and it's and it's a wave of pressure that travels through a medium. In most cases, we're talking about the air, um, right. But infrasonic sound, for example, has a really long wavelength that allows it to bend around objects and even penetrate through them. That includes the human body. Now, since our body are essentially big sacks with pockets of fluid and gas and solids and, you know, atoms may be filled with more pockets of gas than, you know, mine are, but um, <laughs> they I've react. always considered myself a sack filled with gas, so... <laughs> I'm glad we can acknowledge it here, you know. <laughs> but but yeah, but these sacks, they react to vibrations. You know, just like, sure. you know, when when I see Adam lean over in his chair, I know there's going to be some vibrations. Yeah, there's going to be some low frequency <laughs> that I have to edit out, you know. <laughs> the way I tell, everybody thinks, you know, Adam has the worst gas of any human alive and that I just suffer, you know. Yeah. I you know, I I just feel bad for Ashley and Michael who have to live with me. I mean, yeah, you know, well, you know, I, you can ask Amanda. I ain't no better, uh, but, <laughs> but, but they, they react to the vibrations, but there's a limit to how much these areas can stretch when they're subject to force. And so if there's enough force behind the vibration, it can start to cause some issues. A 1983 study on the human body vibration exposure, which was published in the journal of in the journal of the Acoustical Society of America, it found that exposure to vertical vibrations in the five to ten hertz range generally cause resonance in the thoracic abdominal system. At twenty to thirty hertz, in the head, neck, and shoulders, and at sixty to ninety hertz in the eyeball. And when the vibrations are attenuated in the body, its energy is absorbed by the tissues and organs. Vibrations lead to both voluntary and involuntary contractions of muscles and can cause local muscle fatigue, particularly when the vibration is at the resonant resonant frequency level. It can even cause reflex contractions, which will reduce motor performance capabilities. So, when, when those vibrations hit your body, you know, that, that's just a short list of what, I mean, you think if, if, it's, if it's at a frequency between 60 and 90 hertz, it can actually vibrate the fluid inside your eye. You know, you could actually, that's weird. It could actually cause you to have blurred or double vision. Um, right. And, and it talks about that localized muscle fatigue where y- your muscles are shaking so much that they actually get tired like you're, like you're exercising or something. But other studies suggest that low-frequency noises like those produced by wind turbines trigger a reaction in the brain that could lead to adverse, adverse health effects. Frequencies have also been linked to changes in respiratory rhythms due to chest wall vibrations, with varying results depending on whether the subject is standing or sitting. Um, 
infrasound has been used at haunted houses to make visitors feel uneasy. And uh, some people actually believe that there is what's called a brown note. It's somewhere around nine hertz that could cause the bowels to release. Yep, I've heard about that. Yeah. This was actually a myth that was busted by Adam and Jamie on Mythbusters. Okay. Yeah. But Amanda and I were talking earlier today. I said, wouldn't that be so cool if that worked? You know, it's like you go to the drugstore, go, God, I'm really constipated. They're right here. Put on these headphones. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and, and that would that would be, it would be dangerous because, you know, I would edit in that frequency below part of our uh, <laughs> episode, the one where I really want you to be scared. Yeah. Like yeah. I would put that note in there and then you go, man, those graveyard tales guys scared the crap out of me. Literally. <laughs> like literally. Oh, that would be the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've actually heard of the haunted house thing. I mean, yeah. um, I've heard of that those those tones that can really just make you just go. I don't feel very good, mm-hmm. and 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 that can in turn, you know, produce a a fear reaction. Especially if you're already planning on getting scared, and then right. you hear that tone, and you're like, "Oh, this is awful." Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've heard of that being used before. I get that uh, scared fear reaction when I hear any Justin Bieber song. So he must be putting that frequency within his songs. Yeah. So for some of these residents that have, uh, you know, of of Taos, of Windsor, of, uh, of Bristol, and 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 other places, it's more than just hearing an annoying noise. This this actually can cause them physical health problems, right? Regardless of the source. Okay. Now you got to realize this is graveyard tales, so you know. We're going to look at some ideas about what is causing the mm-hmm. hum that's going to be a little outside the box. But, right. But even if it was wind turbines or air conditioners or traffic, you know, there's a, a, a small percentage of the population that is reacting to the, these noises very poorly. And, and it sure. does, it does negatively affect their lives. Right. And, like Matt said, we got to look at some explanations for for these hums that are going on across the world, and some of these are going to be a little wacky. Some of them we're going to talk about an explanation from a cynic that Matt and I don't really like that much, and and we'll get into some other weird ones. Um, so the first explanation I have is from a live science article, and it says some have said that planets have tinnitus too. So if you don't know what tinnitus is, tinnitus is that condition that causes your ears to ring constantly. Um, Like you go to a loud concert and the next day your ears are doing that thing. That's what tinnitus is and it's constant. Mm -hmm. And this goes on to say that scientists have long known that earthquakes can make the earth sing like a bell for days or months. However, in the late 1990s, seismologists discovered the world also constantly vibrates at exceptionally low frequencies, even when there are no quakes. This so-called micro-seismic activity is too faint for humans to feel. 
Now, researchers say ocean waves are the culprit behind these mysterious tremors. Many scientists had previously turned to ocean waves to explain our planet's unusual humming. In one theory, scientists proposed the vibrations were generated by huge ocean waves, which can extend all the way down to the sea floor. The waves can shake the earth as they tumble over seafloor ridges and underwater continental shelves. Another idea suggested colliding ocean waves triggered the tremors. So basically what they're saying is, without us reading this whole entire article, um, that the earth, Earth's crust vibrates from the waves at a level that we can't really feel and only a few can hear, and that's what causes this hum. Yeah. So that's but, that's why the Earth hums. I always thought it because it didn't know the words. <laughs> well, that that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just so y'all know, I'm not the only one with the bad dad jokes. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure that I believe this theory because if this is the case, wouldn't the hums be heard mostly along shoreline cities? So why is Taos, you know, the most popular hum that right. we talk about. They're not near that uh, that song. I got some oceanfront property in Taos, <laughs> New Mexico. Wait, that's not it. But you know what I mean. They're yeah. they're not near the ocean. So why would why would they be hearing this hum? when cities between the shore and them are not also hearing the hum if it were waves. And that is a great point. And especially when we look at the three cities we focused on tonight, Windsor sits on a river, okay, and and, and Bristol is, is more coastal. Mm-hmm. So those three cities have nothing in common geographically, you know, to right. say – you know, look, we can explain all at least all three of these b- because of where they're positioned on the planet. You, right. You you can't. That's kind of off the table. They're, they're, none of those cities have anything in common as far as <laughs> where they're located. Right. So it's not like, oh, well, these are all shaped like a bowl. So they're catching the, the hum from the ocean waves where the other cities aren't. And it just passes over. So I don't know that I entirely believe that one um i get that yeah i believe that it causes our planet to vibrate don't get me wrong in that i'm not right i'm not denying science as saying our planet hums because we we know it does i'm saying i don't think you can say the hums caused by these waves is what people are hearing and claiming to be the worldwide hum yeah, and I, I'm with you, especially when we're talking about Taos, that why wouldn't all those cities experience it too? Why Why is that, Why does it appear mm-hmm. to be localized there? Right, right. Now, another explanation we got is from, he, he claims himself to be a skeptic, but Matt and I kind of define him more of a cynic, as we've talked before, uh, Benjamin Radford. Um, we the have amazing to touch, Benjamin. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we have to touch on him just because he has spoken up about this. So we we have to read his little article here. But it, without coming out and saying it, 
I mean, a, a lot of the the stuff that I've read, it's it's almost to the point of, well, you you're just silly if if you believe any of this. Sure. And, yeah. You know, Adam and I are not that way. E- even if we don't necessarily believe in something, we we're never gonna look at someone else's beliefs and go, well, that's just silly. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, you believe what you believe based on what you've experienced. And, you know, like I said, we may not agree with it. You know, we may think you're dead wrong, but but we're not going to, we're not going to be condescending. And, sure. and sometimes you can kind of feel that tone, you know, in Radford's responses yes. to some of these yep. things. Not, not all of them, but, a, but a lot of them. And yeah, that that's that's the thing that drives me nuts is because exactly like Matt said, don't be condescending. You can say, "Hey, I think you're wrong and here's why." But don't go, "Yeah, you are just that's crazy, man. That you are a wacko out there. That that's not what it is at all." Yeah. There's a difference. Right. And right. we we don't like we don't like when any researcher takes that tone. Um, But what Benjamin Radford says is many researchers suggest that the answer to the Taos hum mystery may be found in the inner world of personal experience instead of the outer world of factories and heavy equipment. What does your tongue taste like? What does your nose smell like? What does your ear sound like? And he said, these are not silly, simple questions, but instead may hold part of the answer. Even though we don't notice it, our ears sometimes create their own noises And because the sounds are subtle, and because most people are constantly surrounded by sound, whether it's music, television, video games, or just typical noisy city life, we don't hear them until it's very quiet or we are listening carefully. This phenomenon is called spontaneous autoacoustic emissions. This is different than auditory disorders such as tinnitus, which causes a ringing in the ears, and it explains some of the, quote, hearers' reports. The fact that only a tiny percentage of people claimed to hear the Taos hum was also puzzling. It's not that the other 98% of the Taos population had poor hearing, but instead perhaps that those who heard the hum were, quote, superheroes with unusually keen hearing, or it is also possible that given such a weak effect in such a few number of people and whose descriptions of the hum did not always match up, that the hum is merely an auditory hallucination. Now, see that right there. That's that's where he loses me. I'm exactly. I'm with him on on ninety nine percent of of the first part of this until he gets to auditory hallucination. Yeah, it's just like we've talked about before, mass hallucinations and stuff like that. That that's not a thing. You unless you are all on drugs at the exact same time then you're not going to all be hallucinating at the same time. And even if you were all on drugs at the same time, you are not going to hallucinate the exact same thing because a hallucination by definition is internal and depends on your brain and your experiences and how you process things. So you're not all going to hallucinate the same thing. He goes on to say, quote, such hallucinations do not necessarily indicate any sort of mental illness or disturbance, but may simply be the result of common and harmless psychological and physiological processes. Neurologist Oliver Sacks, for example, has written extensively on both visual and auditory hallucinations in his book, Musicophilia, Tales of Music and the Brain, 
from 2007 and hallucinations in 2012. Some of the Taos Hum hearers have even reported hearing it after they have moved out of the area. As always in science, quote, unexplained does not mean, quote, unexplainable. Countless things about the world around us were initially mysterious and unexplained. I, I'll give you that last part. I get yeah, that. Yeah, sure. But I did not run across anybody that said, and maybe you did, Matt, maybe I'm just wrong, but I did not come across anybody who said, I moved out of Taos and I still hear it. I, I didn't, People I moved didn't find away. People moved away to get away from it. Right. And... You know, I did. I did find. I did find one comment, not by Radford, that, you know, the the percentage of people that could hear it was so small that one person said, you know, they were they all had tinnitus and they were in denial. Well, I, okay, maybe, but if if you're going to take a group of people that all live in the same town, tie. Uh, Taos is what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. They all live in the same town. I, I could see the possibility to where enough of them get together and go, do you hear that? Can you hear it? Can you hear this? I just hear it all the time to convince other people. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it. And and then you start having issues with it because you believe you can right. hear it. But that seems like what he's getting at that when he says auditory hallucination, where if I believe I hear it, then I, then I really hear it. And, and there's really not a noise there at all to hear. Okay. Um, and in, in Tio specifically, because it is very difficult. They, they, they've not been able to measure anything, but there's enough people that say they can hear this, that, you know, it, it it's gotten this kind of notoriety, but, I personally, I feel like it's very, very difficult to convince a large enough population of anything like this that, you know, if somebody is telling me I can hear this noise and do you hear it, they're they're not going to be able to convince me enough that I start to hear it. Right. Okay. Exactly. Now, that's just me. I'm not saying I'm every man, but. You know, we're we're talking about two percent of the population, which sounds like a very small number. And not that mm-hmm. Taos is a huge city, but that's a that's a that's a larger number of people that would all have to be going. I I hear something that's not there, right? And I hear the right. same thing that's not there. Yeah, I mean their descriptions aren't different. So you know they're all talking about this low rumbling droning noise. I just I don't buy into the auditory hallucination thing. Um, you know, I, I just with anything, I, I don't believe that everyone that claims to hear it is actually hearing something. You know, I believe that um, there there's bound to be people that do have either undiagnosed or poorly diagnosed tinnitus or other, you know, uh, auditory problems. But, you know, it, it just, I just don't know that you can dismiss this as saying it's, it's just people saying they hear something that's right. not really there. I think there's just there's right. far too many of them in this situation to just dismiss it as that. I'm not saying that it's something, you know, supernatural. 
But there's something there. Yeah. And they just haven't been able to pinpoint yep. it there. Yep. I agree. All right. So the second to last one we got here touches on something Matt talked about a little bit ago with the low frequency. And this is from an article that was written by Glenn McPherson, who is a lecturer uh, at University of British Columbia. And he references a paper that was written in 2004 by geoscientist David Deming. Um, and he's also a hum hearer, so he knows what it is that he's talking about here, which, you know, if, if you're going to listen to anybody, listen to someone who hears it themselves instead of someone who's just saying, oh, I'm going to tell you about what all these other people are hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he says, quote, he wondered whether mass hysteria was to blame, a, a psychological phenomenon in which rumor and collective delusions led to the appearance of physical ailments for which there's no medical explanation. The fact that so many people have researched the hum on their own using a search engine rather than hearing about it from some other person moves the conversation away from delusion and hysteria spread by word of mouth. Deming looked then at high-frequency active oral research program, which is HARP, H-A-A-R-P. And this is an isolated military compound in Alaska that uses radio waves to study outer space and for testing advanced communication techniques. And a favorite focus of conspiracy theorists who have accused the facility of acts ranging from mind control to weather control. Now, he studied the possibility of autoacoustic emissions, which are naturally occurring sounds caused by the vibration of hair cells in the ears. Well, Deming eventually fingered VLF, or very low-frequency radio waves, between 3 kilohertz and 30 kilohertz as the most likely culprit. The world's military powers use massive land-based and airborne transmitters on these frequencies in order to communicate with submerged submarines. Radio waves at these frequencies can penetrate up to a solid inch of aluminum. In the paper, Deming proposes a simple and elegant explanation for testing this hypothesis. Hum hearers randomly enter three identical-looking boxes. The first box blocks VLF radio signals. The second box is an... A, a soundproof chamber, and the third box is the control. Now, he left the experiment for others to pursue. He didn't do it himself. Um, and while there are some practical difficulties with the design, Deming's overall concept was motivated by the experiments that I, Glenn McPherson, am currently conducting. So, you know, he's basically what that is saying is that it's possible that this VLF frequency that is causing this is actually sent out from military bases as a communication with submarines and people at at a long distance. So it is a man-made thing, but it's done in order for communication and only a certain percentage of people can actually hear it who aren't supposed to hear it. So, you know, I kind of fall in line with I I would be willing to bet that it is a VLF frequency that's causing these things. But the problem is, where is it coming from? And I don't think any of these explanations that we've looked at actually can definitively say where this is coming from. Right, right. And, you know, 
these type of frequencies are not, I mean, this isn't something new. I mean, they, they know these frequencies exist. In fact, um, you know, they know how to weaponize sound waves. Absolutely. Um, especially in the Navy. I mean, they, they've got, you know, sound weapons that can, you know, incapacitate sailors on another ship yeah. to the point that they can't, they can't even function. Right, and, right. And it makes them easier to, you know, to attack or, you know, at the minimum, you know, to just stop and mm-hmm. and go and, you know, board a ship when you've got all these people, you know, laying around, you know, they they can't move, you know, they're nauseated, you know, they they're experiencing severe headaches all because mm-hmm. of a sound weapon. So something along these lines could be responsible. I'm not saying a sound weapon is, but um something along those frequencies that you know could be could be used to incapacitate someone uh could be causing these hums not just in Taos but in in other locations and it's it's just not going to affect everybody or it's not at the exact honed in frequency that a sound weapon right. would be so right. people that are you know hypersensitive to these type of vibrations are going to be the ones that experience the problems. Yep, exactly. And as our, our last quote-unquote explanation for this, I, I save the best for last. Always. Because, yeah, the explanation is it's aliens. Of course it is. Got to be aliens, right? I told Adam yesterday, we may have to pull out our tinfoil hats for some of this, you know. Yep. And this because they're saying that it could be a spaceship that's hovering above Earth that's shooting low frequency waves into certain parts of the world for whatever ends they don't know. Right. The theorists haven't got to that point why they would be doing this, but they're sure that it's aliens that are causing the hums heard around the world. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, I don't have much to say because I don't believe that it is aliens. I don't, um, I don't believe that it's aliens either. Uh, I think, you know, just my thought is I, I think that it is a VLF sound wave, but I don't know how, but I think it is something natural that happens in in the earth it, it's something that some process that we haven't discovered yet or that we understand and it's just a natural frequency that either is isolated in taos and windsor and places like that because of some geographical either ley lines or something that it's causing yeah. you to it to be focused in more in these certain places and only a certain number of people can hear it you know, or something along those lines. I don't know. I, I'm not going to go and say it's aliens. I'm not going to say that it's a government weapon that they're doing this because there is no, there's got to be a, a reason why aliens or the government would do that in Taos and Windsor. Mm-hmm. And no reason has been pinpointed. So I'm not willing to go, you know, why? Why would Harp? be just affecting Taos and Windsor. Why 
why would it not be major population hubs or, yeah. or something like that? You know, I just, I don't, I don't believe that. And, you know, sound waves especially are, are cool. You can, you can find videos where people have placed a speaker um, underneath a, a, you know, a paper or a very thin board and put sand on it. And you can actually see the sound waves and, and watch them line up and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it is very scientific and you can, you can see the effect that sound has on physical objects. So I, I'm with you. I think that there is something that is producing a frequency that some people are super sensitive to. Um, they can either hear it or they just feel it like you and I with the television being on. You just kind of, right. you, you feel it, but some people feel it to the point of, you know, nausea and headaches and, you know, blurred vision, dizziness and those kind of things. So. But, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's, that's what it is. It's just, they hadn't been able to pinpoint a source or yet and it and it could be seismic mm-hmm. activity, um, that's producing it. Could be. Yeah. My only, my, the only thing that really keeps me from just latching onto that is it goes on so constantly in some of these places, you know, that there's, you know, if, if it was every so often, say yeah it's, that's most likely what it is i would i would yep. buy into that theory um but the this constant you know just hum or i i don't see where it would it, it wouldn't vary at some point right you know, it, it wouldn't stop completely it, it wouldn't be so regular you know even even right. for this small small percentage of folks sure so that brings us to the point in our episode where we ask you, what do you guys think? Um, what what do y'all think the, the Taos and Windsor hums are and the hum that's heard in multiple cities around the world? You know, give us your explanation for it. Or do you live in Taos, New Mexico or Windsor, Ontario or Scotland where this is heard? Um, and do you hear it or do you know somebody who hears it or has heard it? Um, so, you know, leave us a, a message in Facebook or something like that and let us know. Yeah. And good place to do that is on social media where you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you have links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. Uh, you can listen to the show. You can find out more about Adam and myself, and you can become a patron. And thank you to everyone who has donated to the show because it it really helps us keep things going and push out new content for you guys. Uh, As we mentioned at the top of the show, please go on iTunes if you haven't already and rate and review us. It really helps us come up the charts, and it brings more people into the graveyard. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.